So today, something we do every now and then is it's called an open interview. So people would come up and sit here and try to confuse me, which isn't too hard to do. So who's first? Yes. Yesterday during the Dharma talk, we were talking about kindness. Yes. And you say, do it anyway. Yes. When we are endeavoring to be kind when we don't feel like it, are we always endeavoring to manifest our idea of what kindness or compassion is? Could show up that way. We First of all, we have an inspiration or a desire or a wish to be more clear, be more sane. So that's why we enter this path, is because we see that other paths tend to be circular or materialistic or just uh, self-centered. So we have some inspiration to enter the spiritual path. So in the spiritual path, you just like you, as I said, I think yesterday, you exert yourself to come into the zendo, sit down and face the wall, even though it's something you don't want to do, you do it anyway. Even though the the, the temple bells go off in the morning and you're in bed, you get up and come in anyway. Your alarm goes off, you do it anyway. So it's that kind of a thing. So we're not saying be kind, be pretentious necessarily, all syrupy. We're just saying um, just be respectful to someone. Be If someone is having difficulty or having struggle that's manifesting in front of you, especially if they're accusing you, uh, you could you could work with that in a, in a way to pacify it a little bit rather than fight with it more. What's the difference between our idea of kindness or compassion and actual kindness or compassion? If you think you're being kind, you're not. That's an idea of kindness. So if we're endeavoring to be kind, it seems like we think we're trying to be kind or we think we are being kind. That might be. You might have to include that. Just like we think we're meditating. <laughs> If we think we're being kind, yes. and we probably aren't, then what is endeavoring to do it anyway? How is that helpful? I think it's just uh, since nothing can be repeated exactly, I think the idea of repetition comes in and we slowly, uh, even though we take a step, we take a step, we take a step, it might feel like we're not getting anywhere, but we do. We, we, there is some motion there away from the self-centeredness towards uh, helping others, being there for others, saving all beings, as the vow that you recently received and are observing, be with all things, starting with your own thought patterns. Practice on yourself and in that way extend that that uh, kindness out to others. So is it more the act of doing something anyway rather than whatever it is we're trying to endeavor to do? Paraphrase yourself. Is it the intention to do something we don't want to do that's more important than the actual action that's being manifested? A little of each. So there's a, the, what the ego mind, the self-centered or narcissistic mind, no matter how subtle, it wants a little bit of a credential. And that little bit of a credential uh, is what needs to show up in consciousness so that you can see the way in which you're 
grasping at a self and grasping at an other, separating yourself. I'm the one who's being kind to this poor person. Does that ever stop? Uh, it may and it may not, but from the point of view of these teachings, uh, what, what will occur, more than likely, if you continue, is you won't care whether it stops or not, because everything that arises at some point just becomes not separate from you. You see that it's not separate, so there's no warfare with anything. No, no warfare with anything, no matter how difficult. This doesn't, doesn't mean that you're a pushover. You may be even more uh, outrageous. You may be even more pushy because it's coming out of the space of understanding rather than out of some self-centered person who wants things to be different than wants to be in control, wants to be right. This is why it's necessary to have a teacher. Follow that? Mm -hmm. Little is good enough. <laughs> <clears throat> if kindness isn't separate from its opposite, What's important about endeavoring to be kind over being mean? So that you can see the contrast. It's always about awareness. It's never, never about accomplishing something else. Uh, kindness, awakening, realization is already the case. Everything is completely perfect as it is, as some teachings and teachers say. So it seems like there's an emphasis to go into the kindness end of the spectrum. Is it ever helpful to go into the, the opposite end of the spectrum? Well, you may be pulled there. And when that happens, what can we do? Just observe. Don't fight with anything. It's uh, like the uh, this part of the story, the legend is that Kashiti Garba uh, goes in, or Jizo Bodhisattva goes into hell out of his or her or their vow to save all beings. They'll go down into hell in order to save all beings. If you go into hell, uh, it's going to be kind of hot, kind of difficult, but you're there because of that vow. And from someone else looking on, it may seem heroic. To you, it just seems like something that's hot or something that's difficult more. With the vow to be with all things, it seems like we just watch how we can't do that, no matter how hard we try. That's the teaching. Is there ever a fruition to, can you ever yeah, actually yeah. be with all things? Yes. The way you do that, until you, until there's realization, you, it's, it's a, uh, it's a practice of being, of not objecting, not agreeing, not looking away. Passion, aggression, and ignorance. <clears throat> the realization is to see there was never anything to object to. There was never anything that you were separate from. It was all it was already the case. So the realization is it was always Buddha, always awake. Nothing's ever slept. It seems like the beginning of the path is trying to be the person who's being with all things. Yes. Is that transition into seeing that there isn't that there isn't yeah. all things that there's just this yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes it would but there's no promises because we we don't want to have guarantees or promises it's not a merchandising mentality it's not uh, there's no marketing no advertising particularly there's just information about it if you ask for it you'll get the information be with all things if you ask for it you'll get instruction on how to do this it's, no one's here to push anyone into anything. Just sit down, find out who you are. If you sit down and hold very still, like was taught here, you're eventually going to bump into that part of yourself you've been hiding out from, and that's where it needs to start. That's where the where the understanding of compassion needs to start is with oneself. 
That's why I sometimes say, first find out who this is before you take this unexamined aggression out into the world and it gets triggered by all the aggression in the world. We might have good intentions of helping and saving and being kind, but uh, could backfire. How can we practice kindness with ourselves? You understand? I said no. Could you do it again? Maybe. Further questions? <clears throat> so beginning tomorrow for a month, I'm going to function as the Eno. Um, talked about some of the responsibilities as far as scheduling and mm -hmm. some of the more day-to-day -day tasks. When it comes to relating to people, uh, how can I function as the, you know? Well, the, the basic uh, thing you already know is meet everyone where they're at, which means don't agree, don't disagree, don't look away. Meet them where they're at and function out of the form rather than out of your ideas about the form. Function out of the form rather than your interpretation of the form. You should ask me how you do that. You practice it. Repetition. Keep bringing yourself back to it and don't arrive at any conclusions. Arriving at conclusions to, uh, to uh, Buddha nature looks like this. This is a conclusion. You don't need conclusions. You don't need opinions. All you need is awareness to function. Conclusions and opinions tend to draw us into some kind of self-centeredness about being right and wrong, correct and incorrect. And I told them that, and they didn't do that. And this just is, we might as well be working at Walmart instead of in a monastery. How can I relate to the fear that arises? You're lucky there is fear, because what wants to take its place is arrogance, conviction, opinions. So fear is your friend from that point of view. Fearlessness doesn't mean to be without fear. Fearlessness means that you are not controlled by the fear. How do I function out of fearlessness? <laughs> Talk about that at the end of the month. <laughs> it's a long trip. Four weeks of doing what uh, Chiazan has been doing for, I don't know, how many years? Five years. Five years. How can I relate to the uh, aversion that I have to wanting to be in a relative position with more say it again uh, how can I function with the aversion that I have to, to functioning in a position like the you know well, just just do it anyway just like meditation it's just like being kind to people that are maybe irritating you I sometimes say uh, cave this caving in doesn't mean that you're relinquishing your position as a you know just relax. How do I relax? Notice how uptight you are. You have to start somewhere. So first you see the way in which and the way in which you're clinging, worried, worried about open space, of not knowing what to do in that space. It seems like sometimes when I have uh, intense emotions, um, fear or sadness or aggression, there's a tendency for me to want to interact with people in order to cover that up. How can I interact with people? Well, just do it anyway. 
just it's just awareness about wanting to cover it up. Less is better, unless it comes to awareness, which in which case more is better. More space around everything. How does that feel to ego? Scary, because there's just more openness. It's an open dimension, if it, if it is a dimension at all. Okay, good luck. I'll be watching you. <laughs> Um, a teaching you um, gave me uh, last week when I last Sunday when I asked a question um, and I think it's less important about the question but your answer was um, first it started off with take a nap which I didn't find funny um, it wasn't a joke and then the next part you said um, you're up here and the rest of us are waiting for you down here and then you ask a question like this, and I, and um, you're just like, so my question is, how do I see where everyone else is waiting for me? It's just a matter of continuing to practice. There's no, there's no magic wand. There's no magic formula for aha. Now, if I just, if I'd only known this sooner, or now, now I get it. It's just a matter of continuing. It's so all you have to do is continue. There's no special instruction. I'm not sure what the context was when I said take a nap. Probably just means relax, enjoy yourself. Not easy to do that. Sometimes enjoyment doesn't mean smiling and feeling really nice. Sometimes it means just being completely present with whatever is happening. So from my perspective, I'm doing the practice. I'm reading the books you tell me to read. I contemplate your teachings and I sit as much as I can but it seems to be something I'm not seeing. Um, that's awareness. That's awareness. That's how it feels to be aware, to notice that you can't see everything, that there's something missing. Is it important to see what I'm not seeing? Well, yeah. It'll take a while. That's why, this is a pra that's why, they, that's why it's called a practice. We practice it. Keep bringing ourselves back to the cushion. Keep bringing ourselves back to the... To the uh, to the teaching, bring ourselves back to the sangha, back to the teaching person, back to the, the teaching itself, back to the, the sangha, back to the cushion. And between those, we train our mind to see more, more and more clearly. Another thing that happened when you gave that teaching was aggression. Um, you got pissed off at me. Yeah. How'd that feel? Um, I mean, not good. But then there's another um, confusing part where um, I thought I'd move beyond that. Mm -hmm. And um, one thing that was surprising was doubt, that I um, didn't give you the benefit of the doubt. That's awareness. So when I um, am overcome with that intense emotion yeah. and I doubt you as my teacher, how can I come back to you? Just notice that you leave. Don't do anything with it. Don't, no excuses. That don't add anything, doesn't add up to anything. It's just the nature of self-centeredness. People are doing this everywhere. Yeah, we have to enter into a situation where we lose. The spiritual path from the point of view of these teachings is the death of ego. 
Ego does not want to die. It does not want to see that it's inconsequential. It does not want to witness its own funeral. So then sometimes anger, passion, aggression, justification, all kinds of things can come up. Happens with everybody in here. Anyone who's a close student of mine is going to experience that if they get around me very much, even though I don't do anything. Um, another thing that showed up was with that doubt was fear, um, because I never saw that doubt before. And my fear is, is that I'm still doubting you. How can I work with that doubt? Um, we'll talk about it in a private interview. We, we could talk about it here, but I think it would, not that it's all some secret thing. It's just that uh, there needs to be more of an interchange between you and me in a, in, a, in a confidential setting. Another thing that's shown up, um, it's happened a few times, um, reading a Basho poem, and also with the recent death of a um, parent that I work with, um, was his loneliness. Oh. And, um, and it's something I don't see but sometimes it just overwhelms me. Um, what is loneliness? Well, from the point of view of this spiritual path, uh, lonely uh, would be um, uh, some kind of identity or some kind of me feeling that wants company and is not getting it and not getting it in the way that it wants. Fundamentally, there's no way you can be alone or lonely. You can be alone, but you can't really be lonely. If you're lonely, then this is a misunderstanding of what's happening. Thinking there is someone to be alone or that can be left out, not included. So interacting with virtually everything um, and people and the children I work with, I feel them and I feel for them, but then I also feel this immense space between us that just, um, I feel like the loneliness is just, the scariness of that space that doesn't touch me. Sometimes it is talked about uh, in this way. At first you feel lonely, and then you just keep going and keep going, and then eventually you just feel alone. How can I still be accessible to the people I care for while also going into that space of being alone? They're not separate. They just look separate. That's why most people don't do that. Most people don't enter this path. This is not necessarily for everyone to do. When you were um, speaking with Junshu, you talked about you may need to go to hell to be with all beings. Mm -hmm. um, to be with this being, what does, what is, how is hell going to appear? Stop fighting with your own aggression. Stop trying to get rid of aggression by pushing, fighting, justifying, explaining, ignoring. And also don't go the other direction and act it out and uh, be mean to people or punch holes in your walls little way so the, how do we find this is by sitting on a cushion holding very still and making friends with ourselves which is painful we don't really want to look at this we'd rather blame somebody for how we're feeling or blame some situation so don't go to war with whatever rises is what you need to see it's not something that shouldn't be happening it needs to be gotten rid of so you may uh, spend some time working with that aggression in other words feeling aggressive just aware don't don't add anything onto that like why you're aggressive that tends to cover up the aggress like labeling something we stop looking at what we've just labeled and we start looking at the label the label is dead the aggression is pretty active go ahead there's this space when i sit 
that I can feel it, but there seems to be just a really thick wall around it. That's awareness. My perception of that wall, though, is where all my suffering is coming from. Okay. Is there a point where I can access what's beyond that wall? There, there's no promises or guarantees, but there, there could be a point if you don't give up and you keep going. Uh, there could be a point when there isn't any wall, and you might even realize that that was something you created rather than something that was there that needed to be moved aside. The whole idea of a wall is a, it's an interesting metaphor for ignorance. Um, I've been here for five days now, and what I've noticed is I don't sit enough um, outside of here. Mm -hmm. And when I look at, and it's something I've been looking at, where <coughs> my day is literally just packed with things. Mm -hmm. How can I sit more when I don't see space in my daily life to... Um, fit that in? Well, it's a challenge for anyone who is, who is a practitioner who doesn't live in a monastery where there's all kinds of forms to help you. So just, just <laughs> other than what you're doing now, try to extend. We talked a little bit about extending the time, just a few minutes, a few minutes here and a few minutes there. Start a little earlier, end a little later. You don't necessarily lock down on uh, times. When you're here, then we're kind of locking down on time. This is the time when the Han and Bell ring. This is the time when the sutras start. This is the time when we have work period. And this is the time when we eat and so on. Whereas at home, with your sitting period, you could actually extend it different, different ways or practice at different times. Harder to do. We have a, have a busy schedule in your, in your business, so challenging. And working with my pride, um, it's something where aggression is easy to see. Yeah. And um, even though it's hard to work with, it's more intense. It's also easier to work yeah. with. But pride seems to have a alluring quality, and it's really hard to see. How can I work with my pride? So there seems to be uh, one of the ways that my uh, teacher, Chogyam Trungpa Rinpoche, would talk about that as a willingness to be a fool. Someone who uh, has a lot of pride or kind of a build-up kind of patina of who they are doesn't really want to look foolish. So when that when that starts to show up, which is bound to do perhaps even on a daily basis, um, see if you can see if you can let that happen without <clears throat> see if you can just feel that kind of foolishness or that kind of loss without fabricating something around it, passion, without going to war with it, aggression, and without turning it off or shutting down on it or ignoring it, ignorance. So it's a feeling of losing. It's the, the ego mind that thinks it has something to lose and something to gain. It's the ego mind that believes in relative, the relative, the actuality of relative truth being good things, bad things, successful things, unsuccessful things. It's confusing. So to, with your specific question, just willing to be a fool, willing to lose, willing to show up not doing so well. Um, can you give me a specific example where um, there's an opportunity for me to be a fool? It'd be difficult for me to think up <laughs> you know, situations, but I, I think you'll know. Uh, you'll know when someone, uh, if, the next time someone challenges you or, or disagrees with you or something, uh, lose. Even if even if you're right, even if you know 
because that's where the pride comes from. Oh, I'm right. Why should I give up? I'm, I'm right. We've all had these thoughts in our head. Why would I, why would I do this? Uh, this, is, this isn't about the spiritual path. I'm right. This is pride. There is no such thing as right. It's like our forms that we do, we do them a certain way. How do we know that they're, we're doing the forms right? Because I said so, not because somebody in Japan said so. Follow me? Go ahead. For me, um, I don't necessarily say I'm right. Right seems to be the case. I'm very certain this it comes out of my mouth. Yeah. So how can I access the even that, that information that I'm um, assuming that I'm right? You already understand it, I think. I think it's just a matter of doing it. I think you already have an understanding of what that is. And for me to go give you some kind of a protocol for it, I think just willing to lose. You'll, you'll notice when you start to puff up about some situation, either it could be with one of your employees, possibly. It could be with, you know, uh, with your mate. It could be with a Sangha member. Uh, it could be with me. So lose. Say, I'm going to lose the next four or five times. I'm going to lose, even though I know I'm right. Well, I'm going to lose anyway. And at first, it'll feel fake. It's just like being kind to somebody that you don't like and you're irritated by them. It's like uh, you're, being, you're going to have some kind of tension between yourself and someone else and uh, cave. Even though your mind is saying, you don't want to cave here, you're right. It's not about right and wrong, my friends. If you think it is, you will suffer and you'll continue to add to the suffering of others. You can't be humble. You can't practice humility necessarily. In other words, you can't just, well, I think I'll just start being humble from now on. What the hell? I don't have anything to lose. Very sneaky kind of pride. More? Good question. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Thank you for coming up here. So we're, we're, it's time to do something else. What else are we going to do? Dedicate the mirror. Okay. I'd like to remind everybody that we do have donation boxes. This is the last day of the year. There's still time for you to get your donations. There's a, we're a 501c3 tax exempt, so please help us as much as you can. May the mirror of this penetrate into all places so that we and every sentient being together can realize the Buddha's way.